What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Heather White, author of the new book, Books Promiscuously Read, Reading as a Way of Life. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Sure. Well, I'm curious, what led you to write your new book, Books Promiscuously Read, Reading as a Way of Life? Well, um, gosh. You'd think that would be an easier question for me to answer. <laughs> I suppose the, the clue is in the title. <laughs> um, as a lifelong reader, someone who truly has probably put in more hours reading than, you know, any other non-biological function, uh, it, it felt like it was, I don't know, it, it felt that it was time for me to think about that subject explicitly. I'm used to thinking about books. I'm, I'm an English professor, so I think about books all day long. But I had never really sat down to think about reading and what it is and what it has given me and what it has cost me and, and all kinds of things. So that's sort of the, the philosophical background, I suppose, that those were the issues on my mind. Uh, the more proximate cause was that I had just finished about a decade of editing the work of the poet Marianne Moore. I, I uh, edited three editions of her work, culminating in her a new collected poems, so the, the whole whole Marianne Moore, Soup to Nuts. And I loved that work. It was fascinating. I, I really had a ball doing it. Uh, but during those 10 years, I was also reading constantly and it just felt like i had this huge um i don't know what oppressing mass of other books i'd been thinking about and things i wanted to talk about and so it all just came together and i wrote this book so you mentioned earlier what it's cost you meaning what reading has cost you what how yeah. would you how would you characterize that well it's hard for me to know, of course. I I can look around and I can say pretty definitely what it has given me. Um, 
I mean, starting with my present career as an English professor, it's given me enormous pleasure. It's given me shelter and comfort. It's, uh, I think, like many obsessive readers, I fell into it as a child, probably in part as a form of what we would now call self-medicating. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if I was unhappy or frightened or, or anything I didn't especially want to be, it was pretty convenient that there was a book and the book would change how I felt. So what it has cost me is harder to say, though I have a feeling that the addiction metaphor works both ways. It's a super healthy addiction in that it has given me all kinds of good things. But I think it's probably also allowed me not to face directly other less pleasant things. If I hadn't had books there my whole life to distract me, to soothe me, to entertain me, I sometimes wonder what I might have had to think about or, or facing myself. So I don't really know. But my, my suspicion is that my life of reading didn't come for free. Sure. Well, do you remember the books and authors that you loved as an early reader? Oh, yeah. I mean, probably not all of them, but <clears throat> let me think. Um, individual books that stay with me are John Belair's The House with a Clock in Its Walls, the story of little orphaned Lewis who goes to live with his uh, uncle and his best friend who turn out to be a, a wizard and a witch. This is, of course, long before Harry Potter. A very <laughs> spooky and warm and wonderful book illustrated by Edward Gorey. I think those illustrations, as much as anything, made it stick with me. But I adored, I adored that book. I, I read it over and over. Uh, Norton Jester's The Phantom Tollbooth. The story of weirdest title in all of children's literature. <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> years of reading that before I had any idea what a tollbooth was. Um, <laughs> but the story of Milo and his dog Talk and their adventures in uh, Digitopolis. And um, yeah, it's so funny, I've forgotten the Kingdom of Language anything. Uh, I read that over and over. I more or less memorized it. The, the most important series to me was certainly Anne of Green Gables. I discovered that when I was, gosh, maybe 11, and read them to shreds, read them to pieces. You know, I could have quoted you dialogue from any one of them, particularly the first two. And slightly later than that, I adored Piers Anthony's Xanth books, <laughs> uh, which are still going. I mean, incredible. They are. He's yeah, like, you know, he's I'm, in I'm his eighties years old. I know. And he is still publishing. He's still Xanth publishing books. and still writing. Yeah. Uh, I, so you say so you like Xanth too. That's great. Yeah. I, I still remember, um, I still remember buying the first book, I think at a Walden books and making mm-hmm. Georgia when I was like a preteen. Um, yes. and I can like kind of envision the cover just like sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. The spell for chameleon. When exactly. He's yeah. That chat with the big chimera. <laughs> Yeah, those are great, great books. I, um, when I was a teenager, I remember sometimes my friends would ask me why I had such a big vocabulary. And <laughs> I remember thinking about that and thinking, oh, I know why. It's because I read Piers Anthony. He's, uh, and I verified this, you know, I've gone back as an adult and 
and reread a few of those books. And he does not dumb his language down. It is no, he doesn't. Full bore. Very so, interesting. Are you familiar? This is a total aside, but are you familiar sure. with the the podcast This American Life? Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, and I, I'm I don't listen to every episode, but there was an episode where they had a contributor who um, told a story about when he was a teenager and this um, this uh, person who was telling the story, which was true, had like a troubled teenage life and he was obsessed with the Xanth books and he actually wow. went to Piers Anthony's house. He looked in the back of the books and he just showed up. And, and so in the story, This American Life, he actually calls the author Piers Anthony years later and talks to him and it was interesting. It was. Uh, I anyway. have to look that up. I would love to hear that. I'm yeah, frankly, it's, it's surprised. really. I'm surprised that doesn't happen to Piers Anthony all the time. I mean, I know, I know. So many of us were obsessed with those books. Really found ourselves in them. Um, though I, I also have an I have an I have an ambivalent relationship to them because my experience of them as a female re- reader uh, is, I suspect, really different from a young male reader. Sure. You know, the other thing that I've, that I remember vividly and I've also sort of gone back and verified is Anthony's, uh, writing about women, Yeah, which in Xanth is, I would say it's fairly nuanced. There are things that don't please me that much, but a lot of it is, is thoughtful and interesting. And, and as an adult, I, I respect what he's up to. I tried a number of his other series as a kid, and in those, it is not nuanced or interesting at all. It is straight up torture porn. Um, right, right. And that stuff is, it was revolting when I was young, and it's sort of um, unthinkably revolting to me now. Sure, sure. Well, you you teach English at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I'm curious, in your courses do you try to impart to your students the the joys of reading um and i'm curious are you seeing um students today reading you know i try as hard as i possibly can um i've been teaching now for i guess 25 years and what i have come to right now anyway, is that the only thing I really care about or the thing that I very, very much most care about is that they actually do the reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any, I don't know that there's anything else I can do for them except give them the opportunity and the encouragement and the support to do the reading that really make a difference for them. So I certainly, I focus on that. I care about it a lot. It's, as a teacher of literature, paradoxically, I'm in a really bad position to know about my students' actual reading habits because my interaction with them is so focused around required reading, what I assign them. And as I say somewhere in the book, uh, required reading is pretty much antithetical to the kind of reading that has shaped my life and that I write about in books promiscuously read. Um, I'm tempted to say that there's no surer way to kill a book for a person than to make them read it. I think sure. you have to be free to choose in order to really read. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I, I, I feel like I'm in a strange position where I, of course, <laughs> want to assign books that I love. And yet, I think I can't really assign a book without killing it a tiny bit. <laughs> so that's an uncomfortable <laughs> feeling. No, that, it, it's interesting because I, I totally hear what you're saying. At the, same, at the same time, I think that those assignments, uh, if the students are open to it, can... Um, can expose them to books that they may not have considered in terms of that kind of uh, serendipitous reading um, experience. I, I remember when I was a junior in high school, maybe a senior, I think it was a junior, um, we were assigned uh, Robert Penn Warren's uh, All the King's Men. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that. Um, I have. And uh, I, I still vividly remember, like I stayed up really late reading it and i went mm-hmm. into class and like i think i was like the only person who had read it sure and i was and i was like raving about it and people were like looking at me like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> an experience that all of us readers have had in high school <laughs> yeah and it was kind of funny because like you know that that's you know to your example that's not something that would have been on my shelf or that i would have put, yeah. picked up without it being assigned but um well that's my hope my hope is that as a teacher of literature i can essentially through the back door give them some good books and that maybe if they don't have leisure to read them or think about them now, when they do, they might remember them. They might come back. Um, but yeah, it's funny that I, I, 
I feel that mostly in assigning books, it's like I have to sneak good books into them. <laughs> gotcha. Well, oftentimes you'll hear people discuss or write about books that are guilty pleasures. What are your thoughts about the concept of guilty pleasure reading? Yeah, I don't believe in it. Um, I am, I'm such a passionate advocate of doing away with the concept of guilt in relation to reading altogether. That <laughs> I mean, that's that has no place in my mental universe. The thing that makes me saddest, I mean, almost the reason I wrote this book is when I talk to people about reading and they say some version of, oh, I love to read, but I just feel so bad when I do it. I feel so guilty about it. And people say this all the time and it just drives me mad. I just want to say, <laughs> what in the world do you think? Seriously, what do you think you have to do that's more important than sitting down and reading a good book? Now, I mean, I say that knowing that many people have lots of things they have to do rather sure, than sit sure. down and read a good book. So I'm certainly not talking about people who have uh, tough lives or things they need to do. But no, I mean, the idea that you wouldn't read a book because you have to or you, you think you have to double check your grocery list or something. But no, just sit down and read a good book. But also, um, and this is really more to the point with your question. I, I'm 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 agnostic about what people read. I don't think I or anybody else is in any position to tell people what a good book is. Um, C.S. Lewis has a fantastic short book called An Experiment in Literary Criticism, which, you know, forget my book. Everybody should go read C.S. Lewis, An Experiment in <laughs> Criticism, in which his essential thesis is we should all strive to, to find as much good in literature as we can. And above all, we must, um, we must understand that even if people are reading books that we think are terrible, no one of their own volition reads a book that they think is terrible. So the idea of going in and policing someone's reading, saying what you are reading is no good and you're wrong to do it, it just really totally misunderstands the nature of reading, why people do it and what they get out of it. And it's perfectly fine to say that's a book I can't find anything and it has nothing for me. Um, but why you would ever want to take someone's pleasure in their absorption away from them, I, I really imagine. Sure. Well, what have you been reading in the past year or two that you would recommend? Oh, again, a question that seems like it should be so easy to answer. Let me think about that. Um, part of the problem is that now that I am in my 50s, my memory is shot. <laughs> Let's see. I just recently read the new Jonathan Franzen novel, uh, Crossroads, and I am a Franzen head of long standing, but even by my Friends and Loving Standards, this is a truly extraordinarily good book. I think everybody should run out and read it because it's wonderful. Um, I have discovered the work of Helen Oyeyemi, a Nigerian-British writer, I believe, who writes about uh, updated fairy tales. She takes, uh, she takes classic fairy tales both from 
Grimm and from Yoruba legend and rewrites them. And they are fascinating, strange and beautiful and wonderful. Um, Oh, and then I'm sure there's a million other things that the minute we stop this podcast, I'm going to go, oh, God, why didn't I remember? But so there's two. That's that's great. Well, I'm curious, have you made the switch to ebooks or do you uh, prefer physical books? No, I still prefer physical books. I have a Kindle and I I love the Kindle. I, I There are certain things that the Kindle does very, very well. And the one thing it does beautifully is it takes all the physical pain out of reading massive, heavy books. So I, I always recommend, for example, that if people are going to read Infinite Jest, they should absolutely <laughs> do it on a Kindle because it's a nightmare to read it any other way. It's just, it's heavy. It's, you can never get a good angle on it. But most importantly, about 200 of its pages are footnotes. And unless you want to spend half your life flipping to the back of the book, you should get a Kindle where you can just tap a little hot-linked number and it takes you right to the notes <laughs> right back to the text. So, you know, what Kindle does, it does very well, but I guess, I don't know, either it's habit or, well, it's probably just habit, but I like the heft of a book. I like everything about it. I'm curious, is there a book or two that you often recommend if someone asks you for a book recommendation? It depends on the person. I I make book recommendations constantly, but um, I'm always you know, trying to be mindful of who I'm talking to because there's almost no such thing as an all-purpose book. However, that said, um, I would say that a book that I just adored, fell into, and never quite clawed my way out of is Susanna Clark's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, Mm -hmm. Um, a massive book about a fictional 19th century England in which magic is operative and practice more or less like a science um i just i don't know if you're if you're a reader of any (laughs) any interest in vintage it's hard for me not to imagine or it's hard for me to imagine not getting um drawn into that book and and held there forcibly when people ask me what is the best book what is the best book you've ever read (laughs) uh my unhesitating answer is middle march i would say if if you're only going to read one novel, if you want to know what a novel is and what it can do and why it matters, go read George Eliot's Middlemarch because you just can't have a better time and no one knows more about human nature and that's where it all happens. My father is reading it right now, actually. My 79-year-old father heard me oh, say wow. that and actually picked it up and he's loving it. So every day now, he gives me an update on what's happening in the world of Middlemarch. <laughs> So I'm curious, are you a member of a book club? I'm not. And I have a bad conscience about that because I, <laughs> I've i tried book clubs in my life. I've tried maybe three times to be part of a book club and I have never made a success of it, which I blame on myself. I don't know what it is. Um, it may, I mean, it may be as simple as so much of what I get out of reading is the solitariness of it. But I think it's also that every time I've tried to be part of a book club, um, (laughs) I've really wanted to talk about the book and most people there haven't read it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, that's just, I'm missing the point of the gathering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Someday I'll, I'll find my book club. I'd love to. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your new book? 
Well, they can find my book anywhere books are sold. Um, it's on Amazon, it's all over the place. About me, gosh, I don't know that anybody <laughs> can find anything much about me online. I, I have not led a very interesting online life. And anyway, I'm not that interesting. You should just go read the book and see what you think. <laughs> That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Heather White, author of the new book, Books Promiscuously Read, Reading as a Way of Life. The book is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Heather, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff. Great. That was wonderful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.